Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. So good to see everybody back this morning. Hallelujah. I hope you got something last night. I believe you did. I know I left charged. Glory to God. Just charged up. He's a good God, isn't he, guys? Well, let's lift our hands up and just worship him. Father, we worship you in this house. We're so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful that you are good and your mercies endure forever. We're so good, Father, because you've made us good. You've made us to abound and, and, and to be so glorious and victorious in everything in life. Your word even tells us that you've predestined us to live the good life. Father, my goodness, we are good because you've made us good. Father, you are good and your mercies endure forever and forever. And Father, we thank you this morning. We consecrate ourselves unto you even as we break open your word and as we flow in the spirit with what you want done this morning. Father, we consecrate ourselves unto you to listen, to listen from our heart and not from our soul of just trying to figure, well, I don't get that. No, but from our heart, we by faith say, we get it. We get this. We're getting more understanding and more enlightenment. Oh, my goodness, Father, we're getting this. Getting more truth and understanding. We have you living on the inside of us by your spirit. And, Father, we worship you. And so, Father, as we get into the word, we thank you that the word gets into us and revelation flows. That this isn't just a message, but it's a message of relationship. It's a message of how we live our lives. A message where this is our reality, who you are within us. Father, we glorify you this morning and we thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, and everybody says... Amen and amen. Guys, you know, we've been talking about how that you know the Spirit of God. You know, um, I when I was went back to the hotel room, I, I started complaining a little bit. And I said, Father, why do I have to share these things all the time? And he gets after me. You know, how many have ever had God get after you? And, you know, and I was even telling you guys last night how, you know, God, you know, my spiritual father, Brother Hagen, you know, he told stories all the time and he would tell the same stories over and over and over again. Ask me how I know. How many of you have ever listened to Brother Hagen before? Hello. You know, and, and I, and it's like, well, you know, who you're, who you serve under and who your father is spiritually, he's going to rub off on you. And there's a reason why God calls you to serve up under another man's ministry too. Because there's like callings, there's similarities, there's things, there's equipment and things that he's wanting to train you in. You know, Brother Hagin's not in the earth anymore. And we've got to, we got to follow suit. And, you know, as he is my spiritual father, man, I'm going to, I'm going to preach. I'm going to do everything he taught me to do, but he's not my father. God, I do what he's told me to do, but the training that I received from such a general of the faith 
it's imperative that I take heed to it. You know, I was listening, you know, I listened I listened to many ministers all, you know. Now, okay, let me correct that. I I listen to 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 ministry gifts all the time, but I'm cautious with who I let go to through my ear gate. Because there are some ministry gifts that will minister and they will minister from a place of not knowing who they are in Christ. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, you don't need to be listening to garbage. You need to guard your ear gate. Um, I don't, I don't listen if, if somebody starts preaching from a place of, uh, you know, cause I was raised the old time Pentecost and it was all, all of our songs was about heaven. All of our songs were about when we get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it's going to be. But when you're in the earth, expect hell to break out. That's just, you know, we would get, we would come to the altar every week, every weekend and rededicate our lives again because we went through so much hell because we didn't understand. This is my denomination I'm talking about because we didn't understand that we could walk in faith and have a life of victory in the earth. We didn't have to wait till we got over there. But see, we were taught, you know, all the time, oh, what a day we're And man, it was fun, man. We danced all over the place because it's going to be awesome over there. Is it not? What a day of rejoicing it's going to be. We'll be. We'll be dancing all over the place. We'll rub. Oh, hey, hey, Montana lady. Hello. How you doing? You might say, hey, Ray, my lady. You know, I mean, come on. It's going to be awesome over on the other side. It's going to be awesome. But we're supposed to be enjoying days of heaven in the earth right now. And if we sing all about just how it's going to be over there and we don't um, keep ourselves stirred up of who we are right now, we're going to live defeated. We're going to live underneath our privileges. This is all stuff you know because Pastor Sean preaches it and teaches it. God doesn't want us to live below he wants us to live where we're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. And in order to do that, we've got to watch what we listen to. We've got to watch what we sing. When you're at home, what comes out of you? What are you singing? What are you speaking? What are you, what are you doing? Are you thinking, because you know what you do when you get home and you all by yourself, you let your soul go places and think about, well, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I know pastor said, but I just don't know about it. And then you come to church, hallelujah. <laughs> hey, how do you think I know? I've done it. All right. We've all done it. It's okay if I move this a little bit. And we've all done that, you know, to where we will be so, whew, in church, but then outside the church, we'll make the things of God, we'll start dwelling and meditating upon our own fleshly thoughts and ideas. And a lot of times it's all because you don't have a renewed mind. When you have a renewed mind, well, how do I get a renewed mind? By meditation. That's not the message this morning, but meditation of the word. You know, you can take one scripture. You don't have to take all of them. There's a lot of verses in that Bible. I know it. Take one verse. You know, and then you, and I mean, yeah, you can preach on every verse in the Bible, but there are some verses that in Deuteronomy, I'm not going to meditate on. <laughs> Just not gonna. Not gonna do it. I'm going to get a scripture that I, from the New Testament, 
I go to the new covenant. I love the old covenant. I preach it all the time. But I'm talking, we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. Christ has come. Holy Spirit is in the earth. And we need to go into the book uh, 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 over here uh, or the New Testament. We need to even get past the gospels, study them, meditate them, read them, because it feeds us. It's all great. But you need to get over into Ephesians. You need to get into Philippians. You need to get in Colossians. You need to get in those epistles. You need to get in there and read them. Are you with me? You need to read the book of Romans and first and second Corinthians. You need to find scriptures in there. There was one lady. Oh, Lord Jesus, do I need to do this? Do I need to share this? There was one lady that I was ministering to in healing school and she had been healed of cancer. She had, and it come back on her. She came back into healing school. The healing school technicians were working with her and, um, she wasn't paying attention or listening to him. And so the healing text came to me and said, Miss Leanne, something, something's just not, she's not listening. She's, it's like she's shut down on us and, and she won't meditate the word. And I said, bring her in here to my office. And so it was her and two other healing school technicians and myself in my office. And I looked at her and I said, Sherry, why aren't you meditating the word? You've been healed. You know Jesus is the healer. Why aren't you meditating the word? And she said, I don't know, Leanne. I just don't know. I go, tell me a scripture that means something to you. She goes, well, I guess. Hmm. That one over in Corinthians that says, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. I always win. I go, that's awesome. I said, let's meditate that scripture. Now, she was a real shy, quiet lady. And, 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 and I looked over at one of the healing texts. I said, now, you're going to meditate. And I looked at the other girl. I said, you're going to meditate that scripture. Then it's going to come to me. And then I looked at Sherry, and I said, and then, Sherry, you're going to take it. Her eyes got real big. She goes, <gasps> I go, I know you're not a preacher. I know you're not like us because you think you aren't. But I want you to meditate this scripture, and it's going to help you. And I'm going to show you because all three of us, are, you watch us, we're all three different people. So we're going to meditate it different. I said, so it's okay if you meditate it your way. And so we've always teach in healing school, when you take a scripture, you take that one scripture, you meditate that scripture, meaning you quote it, you confess it. Then if there's another scripture that comes up in your heart that backs that scripture up, then you can say that. If you say all you know to say, then pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. Come back to that scripture again, but keep on that scripture. And then I told her, I said, I want you to meditate that scripture till that preaching anointing comes on you. Well, I'm not a preacher. I said, it doesn't matter. The word's anointed. And so when you start meditating the scripture, the way I'm telling you, that preaching anointing is going to come on you and you're going to preach it. And she looked at me like you, a crazy lady. And I said, stick with me. And so I looked over at Tamara that was sitting there. I said, let's go ahead. Let's start meditating the scripture. Now, these healing school technicians had been trained. They know how to meditate the word. And so Tamara started meditating the word. She started quoting it, started speaking it and praying and saying things out of her heart. Then the other girl, she did the same thing. Then it came to me and I could tell Sherry was thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to go after Leanne, you know? And, and I said, 
I looked at Sherry. I said a few words to her to kind of help her. And I said, now you're going to be next. And you just say it. You meditate the scripture any way you want to do it. And so I begin to meditate the scripture. And this is how I did it. I'm going to act like you're not here. We believe, I've believed for years that when you meditate the word, why not make it a meditation, a prayer unto God? And so that's what we do. And so I started meditating. And this is how I did it. I'm going to act like you're not even here right now. Are you okay with that? I'm going to meditate it. Father, I thank you that your word tells me that I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win. I can't lose for winning. I always win. I always win. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I'm always a conqueror, more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I always win. I win over sickness and disease, poverty. I, I win over every situation in my life because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Father, I always win. I always triumph. I always, you told me, I always triumph through Christ Jesus. Christ paid the price in full. He died on the cross for my sins, but before that, he took stripes so that I could walk in divine health and healing. I'm so thankful that I'm healthy. I'm thankful that cancer has no place in my body, that I live a life of victory. Thank you that no disease has any place in me. I walk in divine health. By his stripes I am healed. In Christ I live and move and have my being. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win. Oh, brace the I always win. Do you hear that, Leanne? You always win because Christ the anointed one is on the inside of you and he's caused you to triumph. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win. What am I doing? I am meditating one scripture. And as I'm meditating, all these other scriptures came to me and I said it, I prayed us in the spirit. And that was just a short little moment of doing it. Can you imagine doing that for 15 minutes by yourself? Well, I'm, I'm not a preacher. Well, I'm, we're not telling you, you need to be a preacher, but you need to meditate the word till it becomes so real to you. You're excited about it. I mean, you just, you know, some people think, oh, that's crazy. Well, you might think it, but I've watched many people healed because they got a hold of it. And so at that moment, I stopped and I looked at Sherry and I said, it's your turn. It's okay. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win. I found myself leaning in. I always triumph. I always win. I always win. I always win. I always win. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win. I can't lose for, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I've already won. I'm already healed. I've got this Christ. And she started, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I mean, she started getting loud. And I was like, look at that little lady. Her eyes got bigger and bigger as she looked at me and then she began to meditate and she stopped and she goes, I know I'm healed. I triumph through Christ. 
I said, oh, yes, you do. I said, now I'm going to give you a homework assignment over the weekend because it was Friday. I said, I want you to, over the weekend, meditate this verse. I don't want you reading anything else. I don't want you looking at anything else, um, uh, other, uh, other books or anything. I want you to meditate this verse. And she said, okay, I'll do it. I said, three times a day, at three meals a day, do it. And then I'll be back on Monday. And I'll see you here Monday. And I went out and preached that weekend and came in on Monday. The lights were out in the lobby of the prayer and healing center. And there she sat on the couch. It was like a neon sign just booming from her. And I, I remember thinking, oh my. And she jumped, Leanne. And I was like, whoa. I felt like, man, I hadn't had coffee yet, even though I don't like it. <laughs> but I was like, I need some caffeine before you talk to me. You know, I was sleepy from the flight and travel. And I said, come on back to the office. And she sat down in my office and I sat there with her and she said, I got to tell you, I didn't do what you told me to do. I go, huh? She goes, I didn't just do it three times a day. I did it every hour. I go, are you kidding me? She goes, yes. She goes, I want you to know I always triumph through Christ. She says, I always win. I go, that is awesome. She goes, but I have to tell you, this morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, I sat up in bed right out of my sleep, and I shouted it. I always triumph through Christ Jesus. I always win, and I am healed of cancer. Guess what? She was healed of cancer. The word in John, what is it, 663, Jesus said, my word is spirit, and it's life. His word is spirit and life. That's why even when we get after a scripture like we did last night as John 14, 17, his word is spirit. His word is life. And when you take it and you begin to apply it to your life and you begin to speak it, it begins to manifest. So when you begin to speak, Holy Ghost, I know you because Jesus said, I know you. I'm so glad that I know you. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about some things. That about meditation was just an appetizer. Hallelujah. But we're going to talk about a few things. I want to pray this morning. I want this to be a prayer time, uh, or it seems like that's what God wants us to do. But, you know, he's changed up things many a time. We'll walk it out and see. We will not be going two hours this morning, mm-mm, unless Pastor Sean gets up and preaches. And... Um, I tell you what, you guys are blessed to have such a man of God and a woman of God over this house. I mean, I told Jerry on the way in coming this morning, I said, you know, the gift of God within him, that that teaching gift, that ministry gift, and I bet he can put a preach on too. Can you put a preach on? Um, But that gift within him of breaking down the word is awesome awesome. You guys are blessed and don't you take it for granted. You're blessed to have a man of God and a woman of God that knows the word and studies and breaks it down so that you can understand it. Don't get too familiar. Now, can I meddle? You Okay, a few yeses. If you get too over familiar with the man of God, you'll begin to look at him as your equal. And he is not your equal. Pastor, I'm not even going to look at you so you can't give me funny eyes to shut up. But, but he's not your equal because there's a five-fold ministry call upon his life. And he's the head of the house. And he's hearing all the time from heaven what the house needs. And it's imperative that you see him as the man of God.
And you might say, well, I'm a man of God too. Well, sure you are. But remember, he's the one that is hearing. He's the one that God has made him be over this place. Can I put it that way? God is making Jerry and I, he, he gives us the right to choose. But when you're sold out and you're consecrated unto him, whatever he says you do, it's not. And so therefore you can say he's making me do it because he's your world. God's my world. Is God your world? He's my life. He's my song. He's my everything. And I'm going to listen and obey what he's called us to do. So no matter, it's, his, it's the mandate of God upon them at this season of their life to be over you and to pour into you truth, truth. Even when I think, man, I think I know something more than my pastor. Mm-hmm, I know something he don't know. I found out a long time ago my pastor, who is Pastor Hagen. He knows a lot more. He knows a lot more. And he's the one that's over Rama, And he's our covering for us. And because he's our covering, I'm going to listen to my leadership and I'm going to honor my leadership. I'm not going to get too familiar that I think he's equal. I'm going to submit and listen. Even You know, it's not submission until it hurts you. It's easy when you're in agreement. I worked with Jim Hockaday for 10 years. We were in agreement all the time. It was easy. There was only two times. And he probably doesn't even know about the two times because I didn't tell him. Kept my mouth shut. Only two times in serving him that I wanted to say, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I had to submit. Because as you can see, I'm pretty a strong personality type. I'm just going to ignore that. But when you're working with someone or serving under someone or coming to their church and you agree with everything, wow, it's easy. But let that ministry, let that the head say something you disagree with. Well, I'm not going to do that. How dare him? And then, uh, see, Leanne's been in church a long time. Have you been in church a while? Am I telling a lie right now? No. It's not submission until pastor says something that you go, I know that ain't right. Why? I can't believe he's preaching to me right now. He's talking about me. I tell you strife, division, contention. And the devil tries to get in. Again, this is an appetizer. This is not the word that I'm supposed to preach this morning. But guys, I'm, I'm preaching the truth. You get too over-familiar with them. I mean, I said last night, when, when you see the pastor having to vacuum the floor, if you don't come in and do it for him, I'm just saying, just saying. I don't know, pastor, do you vacuum the floor? Okay. If you see Heidi vacuuming the floor, you shouldn't sit out in that hallway and just talk with your friends. When you see Heidi doing stuff, what can I do for you, Heidi? How can I help you? How can I, how, what, 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 what do you need? Are you with me, guys? Can I come and do your laundry? <laughs> she said yes. Can, can, can I come and clean your house? Can I come and, can, can, I want to serve you. Can I do something for you? Uh-huh. 
You might say, oh, what you talking about? Like you've ever done that. Are you kidding me? I've been in the ministry of helps all my life. I've served many, many ministry gifts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've cleaned people's houses. I've vacuumed their floors. I've rubbed their feet. I've packed their clothes for ministry trips. Well, how much money did they pay you? Not a red cent. But I got so much from doing it because I was being obedient. There were times I was just a fly on the wall doing stuff and all kinds of ministry things were happening. Oh, yeah. Served in conferences. Oh, yeah. See, I paid my dues. I know what I'm talking about. And you know what you sow to is what you reap from? You know, I've got excellent help. I've got people that want to serve us all the time. We have people call us all the time. What can we do for you? Now we got to listen to our heart whether it's right for them to do it. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But now this has nothing again. This is just an appetizer. I'm saying these things because it helps us keep our focus right. You know, God has called us. There are mandates upon our lives. There's destinies upon everyone in this room. And we'll miss out on the destiny that God has for us because we're so caught up in solical things, things in our own thought life. You know, well, well, my life is this and my life is that. And you will miss out on opportunities of serving and being faithful to the church and undergirding the church vision and believing, being here every moment the door is open, being on time. Oh, my. Being on time and... Doing whatever needs to be done. What are we talking about? We're talking about serving the ministry of helps. Being in here. You might say, well, I have a call of God on my life and I need to preach. You know, I've had people say that to me. I, don't know how many, I need to preach like I was going to give them a pulpit. And I had an I could. But I'd have it done. No, no. There's no character there. They're not ready for it. All they want to do is to be seen and heard. I, I, I served at Rhema 28 years. I know what office I stand in. It. I'm a prophet. I know that. I know now I'm also a, pos, a, a, a pastor. A pastor. God's been talking to me about the office of an apostle, but I'm staying away from that as much as I can. But I know that, because that, see, God reveals things to you in phases in your life. And so these are the offices, a prophet, the whole 28 years working at Ramah, I stood in that office. And standing in that office, I was serving another person, the ha or people, the Hagen family. I'm undergirding the vision that God gave to them concerning Ramah. I believed in the vision. I didn't care if I was in the pulpit. I didn't care if I preached. Didn't care if I led the worship. I just wanted to be doing what God called me to do in that season. I was There was destiny upon me to be there. And if it was up to me, I'd still be there. But God said, church, are you with me? Every person has destiny and you cannot push your agenda of what you think it should be, but you need to serve and undergird the vision of who is before you and where God has placed you and then let God promote you. I was a volunteer for five years at Ramah before I became the prayer coordinator. 
I volunteered at the Prayer and Healing Center, undergirded every part of the Prayer and Healing Center, helped in every capacity. I did anything that needed to be done. I was there. I was there, faithful, undergirding, praying, singing. If they needed me to teach, I would teach. If they needed me to fold something, if they needed me to fold the cloths, or if they needed me to do this or that, I'm there. I'm doing it. You want me to clean out the podium. You want me to clean. I did it. Why? Because that's where God told me to and then five years of doing all of this all of a sudden the door opens we want you to be the prayer coordinator see we try to push god's agenda instead of allowing god just to do it if we would just stay in our place and undergird the vision of the house god will open up doors for you don't pressure the ministry gift the pastors to open up doors for you you let god open those doors for you I'll never forget it. I'd been there about five, five and a half years. And and about six months before I was hired, I told one of my friends that I prayed with all the time, I said, you need to come help me pray because something's happening in me. I think they're supposed to hire me. I don't want to be hired. I kind of like being a volunteer because I get to go and do as I please. And and, and I get it. She goes, well, let's go pray. We went back to the prayer room. We bowed our head. We began to pray about it. Within five seconds, she goes, oh yeah, you're supposed to be an employee, Leanne. I go, no. I said, don't you tell nobody. I said, don't you tell nobody. And I said, don't say a word. Don't say a word to Jim. She goes, I won't, I won't. I say, because we're not saying nothing. (laughs) And six months goes by. And I'm sitting in his office because he wanted me to be in his office because he was interviewing, kind of like going over uh, everything with all the healing texts individually. And some of them were girls, didn't look proper, just him and a girl in the office. So he asked me to sit in on them. So I'm sitting there in the chair, and he, he's talking to him, and a few had come in. Now it's this next girl comes in, and he goes, you know, we've got a lot of volunteers. We have a lot of volunteers here. And he said, there's a, a lot of volunteers. You know, Leanne's a volunteer, but you know, Leanne's volunteer position is a little different. I looked up at him and thought, what's he saying about me? He said, her position is a little different. And then all of a sudden, he dropped his head. Okay, okay, God. Wow, yeah. He looked at me, Leanne, did you know you're supposed to be an employee? And I just smiled at him. He goes, you knew. I go, yeah, I knew. He goes, this is your position. You're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. See, the gifts that are within you will make room for you. That's what the word says. The destiny that's upon your life will just unfold. I knew as a first-year Rama student, that I was going to travel with Brother Hagen in the Rama Singers and Band, but I didn't tell it. I graduated Rama, went back to, to, to be a youth pastor, but still in my heart knowing, I'm going to help Dad. I'm going to help Brother Hagen. Then I moved back after five, six years of serving as a youth pastor because God told me to come back. And when I got back, um, here I am. I'm volunteering at the Prayer and Healing Center. It's all I knew to do. Brother Hagen didn't know me. Nobody knew me. 
I just begin to serve, begin to pour out time and, and give of myself and do what I knew I was supposed to do, even though I knew in my heart there was something else ahead, but I didn't push the agenda. I didn't run up to Pastor Hagen. I'm supposed to travel with your dad. I didn't run up to Brother Hagen and say, mm-hmm, you need me on the road. He would have laughed and turned around and walked away. Are you with me? See, we try to push our agenda. No, be happy in the position that you're in right now. Pray in the spirit, undergird the vision of the church, come clean the church, do whatever needs to be done, whatever, whatever, what skills do you have? Offer them. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir right now, but guys, you've got gifts that the church needs and we're trying, I won't preach. I, I want to be, I want to say my name from the platform, you know, come on, all this kind of stuff will keep you from your God divine destiny. There's destiny, destiny upon you. It wasn't long after I became the prayer coordinator then, after Jim got that by the Spirit. And then it was like a year, not even a year later, I was in the Rhema Singers and Band traveling. I was the prayer coordinator and then going on the road in crusades with Brother Hagin. I just would, I wept about it because I didn't push a door. I didn't make a door open. God opened each door every opportunity as I undergirded the vision of another man's ministry. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's supposed to be in the front. And usually those in the front, a lot of times don't even want to be in the front. <laughs> but God, but God. Okay, that's been three appetizers. Well, Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus is Lord. Pastor, I hope that was all right. Talking about, see, I can get away saying some things that he might not feel as comfortable to say because I leave. He has to stay. And uh, we're here to help the plan and the vision of God. Amen. Don't you want to do the will of God? Don't you want to fulfill the destiny that God's placed upon you? Did you know that there's, I mean, I don't know about you, but going through this Corona thing and listening to all the blah, blah, blah about everything, you hear where people are at. They're in fear. They're afraid. They don't have hope for tomorrow. They don't, they don't have destiny upon them um, that they know about. They're not born again. They don't know the truth. You know the truth. You are one privileged person. You know the truth. Look at your neighbor and tell him you know the truth. There is life after this life. And there's a plan upon this earth that God set forth ages and ages and ages ago. And God wants us to hook up into his vision and his plan, not just come to church and sit, but come to church with a heart ready to give, a heart ready to take part of the supernatural workings of God for this age. Are you with me? There's destiny. One thing I loved about being with Brother Hagin, he didn't have tunnel vision. He saw the full mass plan of God. 
He prayed for the world. He didn't just pray for me and woe, my family, but he was open. He, he spoke and he ministered from a place of eternity of the entire plan and vision of God. He prayed for revelation light all the time and God would give it to him. He would pray the Ephesian prayers all the time. God, I pray that the eyes of my understanding would be flooded with light, that I would see and know what the hope of my calling is. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation light. Cause me to walk in these things. And he would pray it, and guess what? Boom, he'd get it. I believe that many of you that have been praying the Ephesian prayers are seeing more. How many of you just feel hungry more for him? You just, oh, guess what? (laughs) I love as one minister said, he goes, you know why we bow our head and pray is because he's right here. (laughs) I love that. When he first said it, I was like, oh, father's on the throne. Oh, but the Holy Spirit is right here. You know, he's in us. Everything he is, old Rama singer song, everything he is, he is in me. Meaning, everything he is, he is in me. Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost, Father, everything, boom, mm, I've got his spirit. I've got his nature. I've got his ability. I've got his faith. Everything he is, I've got it. And we're supposed to operate and walk from that revelation. I've got it. I have him. You're not just George walking around in life trying to figure out how to do something. Are you with me? You are a man or a woman of God that has God Almighty living in your genes. He lives in you. He dwells in you. He said I, he made his permanent abode on the inside of you. John 14, 17 specifically says the spirit of truth, the world. Jesus is saying it. He said the spirit of truth. Who's the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy One. He said the spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know, but you Know him. Because he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. He talked about the future of him living because he hadn't died yet. And the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2, hadn't happened yet. But he's telling him, you know him. Every single one of us have the spirit of God if we're born again. And I would probably say that most of you that are here on a Saturday morning are born again. If you're not, we'll help you out. But every single one of us has the spirit of the living God living in us now. And everything he is, he is in us. I told you to turn to John chapter 4, but I want you to go to 1 John 2 first. That's okay if I change my mind, isn't it? 1 John 2.20. Are you guys okay? Is this all right? 1 John 2.20. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 2.20 says, you have an unction. You have. You have. Say, I have. I have an unction. Now say it like you mean it. 
Uh-huh. And then now look at the rest of the verse. Do you have it up here? You have an anointing, which is what an unction is. I'm quoting it from the King James. You have an unction from the Holy One. And then what does those last few words say? Oh, come on now, say it. Uh-huh. See, it says, I have an unction. You, it says you, but ye, that means me. I'm a ye that is a me right here. That's me. Me, Leanne, has an unction. Oh, yeah, but Leanne's because you're a five-fold called. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't feel five-fold called all the time. Are you kidding me? I'm just like you. I'm human. I get aggravated, want to hurt my husband sometimes. You know? Not all the time, babe. But, you know, we're human. I have to remind myself. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. Passion translation. Okay, hon, give it to us. Or do you have the passion translation back there? Nope. Shame on you guys. Thanks, babe. The Passion Translation says, but the Holy One has anointed you and you all know the truth. That's good, babe. The Holy One has anointed you. God has anointed us. Look at your neighbor and say, you are anointed. I don't know about you. I don't always feel anointed, but we don't go by what we feel. We go by what the word says. Remember last night I was telling God, I don't feel like I know you. If I know you, why don't I see the glory cloud when it could remember me whining and complaining to God? And then he told me, Leanne, how did you get saved? And I thought he was making fun of me. And then I realized what he was saying. You confess John three sixteen for God so loved the world. And you confessed him as your Lord and Savior. You confess the word and it will be become your reality. And then I was like, are you kidding me? Well, here's a verse we can confess, which is not up there. I don't like my hair there. But <laughs> I, we got to do some new ministry pictures. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I am anointed and I know all things. I am anointed. Shout that. I am anointed. And the Bible says you have an Say, I've got an unction. And I know all things. We're not supposed to be walking around like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, there are times I've watched my husband when he's been working in his tool shop or, or in his wood shop or he's doing stuff and the house and he can't figure out how to do something. I'll watch him stand still and he's got this look that will come on his face and he'll be like, Holy Ghost, I need you to tell me. Holy Ghost, tell me what to do here. And I've watched it time and time and time again, living a natural life, Holy Ghost telling him how to fix something, how to do something, how to make something right. How many of you have done that before? How many of you have lost something and said, okay, I can't find it, but God, you know where it's at. Show me. See, you're tapping in. You're tapping in to the supernatural when you're asking God. See, we make the supernatural hard. The supernatural isn't hard. The supernatural is natural. And, and when we talk to the spirit of God and we hear the voice of God, we're living a supernatural life. The word needs to be confessed in our life. And if you're not confessing the word, if you're not renewing your mind in the word, then you're going to live like Joe Smo around the corner. You're going to live like the world. 
If all you're reading and eating is Fox News or whatever news you listen to, whew, you're going to be one person that we might not want to be around all the time. Because if that's all, oh, but I know the word. But if you're putting in five hours of something that is not the word of God and you're putting 10 minutes of devotional time in the morning, something out of balance. And then you're wondering why. Well, I want to see the glory. Well, I want to sense the power of God. Why am I sensing nothing? Well, it's probably because you have desensitized. What's the word? Desensitized. There you go. Thank you. I knew it all the time. But you have, you desensitized yourself. That's what's happened. And, and you've got to get back stirred up again, fueling yourself up about who you are. Now, if you meditate on wrong things, there's a lot of ministry gifts out there that are wonderful, but they're not fully walking in the reality of who they are in Christ. And if what you're eating is is something where they're not living out of who they are. Because remember, everything you study, read, you need to always think, now, wait a minute, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The spirit of God lives in me. And in other words, I am him in the earth. Are you with me? You might not be, as one minister says, a capital G God, but you are a little G God in your world. You have dominion over you. And what is real to you is what will be shown to everyone about you. Hello? You might say, I thought we were going to pray. Yeah, I believe we are still. But it is imperative that we understand our right standing in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ. Pastor preaches it. Who we are in him, our union is in him. It's no longer Liam that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me. Christ, the anointed one. So when I come against an obstacle, Father, I thank you that you live on the inside of me. It's no longer I that live, but you, mm, hello, what do I need to do here? And then you got a verse like we just quoted, 1 John 2, 20. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. Kind of goes in line with what Jesus said in John 14, 17. The spirit of truth the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. Well, if you know the Holy Spirit, you can firmly stand on 1 John 2, 20. I've got an unction. I'm anointed, and I know all things. Do you know everything in your head? Absolutely not. But your spirit, where the Holy Spirit dwells, does. And you've got to tap into it. I used to tell the students, don't you come up to me and tell me that you don't know what the will of God is. And some people would say, oh, Leanne, you're being too spiritual. Well, I'd rather be spiritual and in the word than to wander around for five years trying to figure out what the will of God is for my life. I'm going to talk about it like I already know when even my head doesn't know. I'll tell them, you say it by faith. Father, I thank you that I see you. I hear you. I know you. I operate in you. Holy Spirit, I know you. Because I know you, I hear your heart and I know what you want me to do. My future looks good. My future looks bright. I'm walking in the will of God all the days of your life. Then somebody said, well, what you going to do? What you going to do? I'm going to do the will of God all the days of my life. I see him. Oh, my future looks good. You keep speaking out of your heart what you believe. If, If the Spirit of God is 
on the inside of you, then you've got to line your mouth up to what the word says. And if he's there, he knows the future and he will show you all things. And it might be that it's not time for you to see it, but when it's time, you'll see it. And so you speak about it in faith. Does anybody believe that in the house? You believe it in faith and you speak out of your mouth. And then before you know it, you're going to be knowing where you're supposed to be going. I've watched it. I've watched it. Man, being there 28 years at Ramah, kids going through Bible college. God, what is your will for my life? And they're praying in prayer school, consecrated, oh God. And then they'll hear me say, you speak about it like you already know it. You speak about it like you already see it. You speak from a place of faith. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. Thank you, Father, that I see it. Thank you, Father, that I know it. You live on the inside of me. And those that did that, boom, out in full-time ministry, going straight to the places where God called them to be. I've watched it. And then I've watched some that didn't grab hold of it. And they still hanging. I don't know what the word of God is. The Bible talks about we as believers have got to speak and live a life of faith. Our reality is heaven. Our reality is the word. I don't want to live like the world. I want to make kingdom realities my realities. We're supposed to live out of the kingdom of God here in the earth. And when we know who we are and who we have, we'll operate in faith. Are you with me? simple pastor preaches all this stuff all the time but you bring somebody else in to share it and everybody oh i just heard it for the first time no you've heard this i'm just talking about it from a diff probably putting in a few little flavors here and there because my personality is different than his are you with me different callings but the holy spirit jesus said you know him and now john 4 24 it tells us that God, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, just write it down. It says God is a spirit. He's a spirit. Genesis chapter 1, we've talked about this last time to a certain degree. Genesis chapter 1, I think it's around 25, 26, 27, talks about it. How that God made man in his image and in his likeness. Gave him dominion over all things. God made us like him. You're a spirit. And as a spirit, don't you think you should understand the things of the Spirit? But see, we make it be all, ooh. We're not talking about demonic activity. See, if all you're seeing or hearing is demons and devils, you need some help. Because you're a child of the King. If all you're sensing is devils and devils and evil spirit, well, I just see darkness all over the earth. Well... Sure, there is some darkness going on, but you need to be so much over in the light that you speak from a place of power, authority, and dominion from the light that it causes darkness to flee. Demons should not be standing in your house. Devils should not have the right to enter in. Sometimes we open up doors and don't realize we let them in. A lot of times through TV shows, I won't lie. A lot of times people that enter into your home got garbage on them. There's been times I've walked into my home and I've had to clean it up. Mm -hmm. Every time we go into a hotel, we clean house. 
Everybody said, why you did that? You're blessed in the city. You blessed in the field. Where you go, you blessed. I go, I know that. But I'm old time Pentecost. And I know how to clean out a house. I don't know who's been in that hotel room. I won't know what's been going on in that hotel room. I'm going to clean out the house. I'm going to command every devil that's ever had a right to operate in it, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Reason why I say that is because I remember when I was on the road with Brother Higgin, I always shared a room with Regina. And Regina's one of my, my dearest heart friends. And we were in Lakeland, Florida, and um, we had traveled all night. Men were wore out. We got, uh, and we went and set up for the meeting. Then we came back at the hotel. We're resting. We went to bed. She had her bed. I had my bed. You know, we just shared, you know, a room, a double bedroom. And, and, and I, I tell you, that night, I was miserable. It was like, what's going on? I felt like I was having heart issues. Felt felt like I couldn't breathe, couldn't catch my breath. And I was like, what's going on, man? I'm rebuking the devil. And but but man, I'm just quoting the word. Father, I thank you. I thank you that your word is true. I'm speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. Usually, what we would do is we would always clean out the room before we even laid our head down to sleep. That time we were so wore out, we didn't clean out the room. I didn't remember it. I'm laying there, I'm hurting. I mean hours, just hours, messed up all my sleep. And um, finally drifted off to sleep, slept maybe three hours, and had to get up, you know, about six in the morning, had to get ready for the meeting and get, get, get over to the conference. And that morning I was getting ready, and Regina said, Leanna, were you okay last night? I go, Regina, I tell you, something, something wasn't right with me physically. And she goes, oh. And she put her head down, and she just kept putting her makeup. I go, Regina, what are you, what, what, what are you acting like that for? She said, Leanne. Last night, I woke up, and I saw two hooded creatures in our room over by the window on your side of the bed, your side by your bed. I go, are you kidding me? Did you clean the house up? And she goes, no, I went sound asleep. I go, you're not my friend. I almost died last night. And you know what's funny? We're rushing. We get out on the bus, you know, to go to the go to the service. And uh, we got out there early, and we're sitting there on the bus, and we're just shooting the breeze talking. But then Brandon, who plays the drums in the Raymond Singers and Band, he came up. He's real loud and boisterous. He came, got on the bus, and he sat across from us. And he goes, guys, it was so wild last night. And we're just listening. He goes, man, I had to come down to the bus last night and pray somebody's life was at, at the point of death. I looked over at Regina. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that you love me. And he goes, what are you talking about? And then I told him what I was dealing with. He goes, it was you. I go, yeah. I said, there was an assignment out to take me out last night, Regina. I always play her on that. But, see, but then I told her, I said, you know what we didn't do? She goes, what? I go, we didn't clean the house. There was a hole there, a way for the enemy to try to play with us. We didn't clean that hotel room. Now, some people say, oh, that ain't true. But I'm telling you right now, there is a realm of the spirit. There's good and evil in it. But as believers, we should be living from such a place of light that we take dominion over everything in our life. And we're getting in the hour, if you haven't noticed, that you've got to take dominion over a lot of things. Everything that you touch... No, I have dominion, I've got power and authority. No sickness nor disease can come nigh my dwelling. 
Are you with me? Get your words out there. Speak what the word says, and the word will be manifested in your life and bring you straight through. Am I right, guys? But guys, the word tells us specifically and plainly that we've been made just like God. We're spirit beings. And we don't need to be so demon conscious. We should be God conscious. If you get around somebody that's all they see is darkness and demons, you need to mm, say, what you reading? Oh, I just watch TV all the time. I, you know, I watch horror flicks or I do this and that. Well, that's why you see demons. What you watching? What are you putting in your eye gate? God wants us as the church to rise up and live from a place of faith of who we are in him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And Jesus said, you know the spirit of God. So we're supposed to act like we know him. I know him. I know God. I know him. No, I'm not going under because I know him. I have an unction from the Holy One. I'm anointed and I know all things. My ears are opening and I'm are opened and I listen to him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, it talks about how that you don't lack in any spiritual gift or endowment. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Are you with me? It says you don't lack in anything. Yes, that's talking a lot about teaching and preaching, but I believe it's for every single one of us in the house. We don't lack in anything. God didn't send his son to do all that he did, and then we are still lacking. We're not lacking in anything. You're not lacking in healing. You're not lacking in money. You're not lacking in wisdom. You're not lacking in revelation. You're not lacking. Wacking. <laughs> you're not wacky either. <laughs> but you're not lacking. He lives on the inside of you. God, deity, the Holy One, when we will grab hold of the reality of who he is in us, we will pray different, walk different, talk different, act different, live different because it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. He, the Holy One, will even ask you sometimes to do things that are, like I said last night, that are way so big and so different. Go catch the fish. There's money. We got to pay taxes. Go fishing. God will tell you something to do. And you're like, I can't do that. You can't live out of this. You got to live out of here. In everything in life, with the people you work with, with the boss that you're under, when you're working on a vehicle, when you're working in the garage, when you're in the house, and you can't figure out how to do something, or you're wanting more money to do something in the house, why are you trying to live out of just what you make? There's somebody on the inside of you that's got everything, 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 everything. He's in you. He's in you. See, God made you just like him. What is he? A spirit. God's not a natural human being walking around in the earth. He's a spirit being. And then he made man like him. He breathed his breath into man. And here we are. Here we are, eternal beings. You're never going to die. Nope. If you're here and Jesus tarries is coming and you go by the way of the grave, don't you look at that grave and think that's it? Because it's not. It's only the beginning. The Bible says this life is a vapor. A vapor. 
I don't know about you, some of us that are older, we can look back and go, it just seems like yesterday. Thank you, honey. Just seems like yesterday. Just seems like yesterday. I was doing this and I was doing that. Just seems like yesterday. And now, boom, here we are. It, it is summer. Time is going by. Life's a vapor here. But guys, every single one of you are eternal beings. You're not ever going to die. You're going to live forever. You're going to live forever. When my daddy went to heaven, I told him, I said, I am not going to be sad, dad, that you're going because you want to go and you're happy about going. Why am I going to grieve and be miserable? Because I know that's what I'm going to want to do because I love my dad. But dad, you're going somewhere that you're going to have a hee-haw time. And why should I be walking around in the earth? <laughs> Did I do that a little bit? Oh, I cried. I cried the other day on his birthday. But I didn't grieve. Because I know where he is. Because that realm's more real to me. That realm has to be more real to you than anything. That realm. That realm is where God dwells. That realm is who, guys, as a spirit, you're going to live in that realm forever. So why am I just living how it is in this natural realm? Why am I not living out of eternity right now? I'm living out of eternity. See, this is kingdom mind. mind. This is kingdom thinking. This is the reality of the believer of the church. If we as ministers could preach this more and break it down as teachers do and as ministry gifts do, break it down more about how that eternal life is happening right now. I'm not going to enjoy it just when I die. I'm enjoying it right now because I'm living forever. I'm not ever going to die. I'm a spirit that is alive and living unto God and I'm not ever going to die. Well, you need to preach it so that the people recognize that why don't we preach it from the avenue in which God would want us to preach it from yeah I know Jesus you know Lazarus I understand all of that but guys Jesus came up out of the grave he came up out of the grave he gave us eternal life he gave us life in him you just walk you just wait if you want to keep living the same way thinking ooh, Wait till we get to heaven and you can come to my mansion and, and you'd be like, I know you knew. I said, I know I did. Why didn't you listen to me? Because I'm telling you, this is the truth. We're supposed to be living out of heaven in the earth. We need to look at everything that we are and everything we are doing from eternal purposes, from eternal vision. We're here for kingdom business. We're here for kingdom business. God made me like him. God spoke the whole world into existence in Genesis chapter 1. And then he made us just like him. That's why in Mark chapter 11, when Jesus went to that fig tree, he was hungry. He spoke to it and he said, you're going to die. You dead. You're cursed. And the disciples heard him say it, but they didn't say anything. They probably thought, what's he doing now? And then they went into the city. The, the next morning they came back through. The tree was dead from the roots up. And Peter goes, whoa, master, whoo, whoo, the tree that you cursed it dead. And then you know what Jesus said? Have faith in God. Are you kidding me? This is Leanne's paraphrase. Have faith in God. Are you kidding me? We made you just like us. You can speak to that mountain, and that mountain has to obey you. In other words, you could have spoke to that tree. 
We made you like us. You are speaking spirits. God is spirit. He spoke. Things were created and made. I made you like, like us. God was, Jesus was in the beginning with God. I think he was. Why? Because, hello, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's, and G, God even said, let us make man in our image. Are you with me? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm looking at a house full of believers that know that I am a spirit. I live in a body. I possess a soul. I'm an eternal being. Eternal being. Eternal being. Eternal. See, you start meditating on this like this, getting the word, and even where Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 23, I pray, God, that my whole spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, he didn't put body first. He didn't put his soul first. He said, my whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless in the coming of the Lord. That is one of the best scriptures that breaks us down to a three-part being, spirit, soul, body, your three parts. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. The Bible even talks about if your spirit goes out of your body, guess what happened? You a dead body. Your spirit is the real you. Brother Hagin used to teach this all the time. Your spirit is the real you. And as a spirit being, we need to take hold of what the word says about who we are. I have an anointing, an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. How do you know everything? Just because you know everything in your head, know the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that's been infused in your spirit. Here you are, you old Pentecostal song, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Remember that song? I'm tied up. How'd it go? I'm tied up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. You guys don't know that. You guys Pentecostal. Maybe that was just in our region of the world, <laughs> you know. But we would sing that. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. We would sing that. And now it's come back to almost haunt me because it's truth. Here you are as a spirit. Made in his image and his likeness, he's a spirit. You are so joined with him. And if we're not careful, instead of working out of our joint, relationship with him and our spirit will speak out of our head and our flesh instead of speaking out of our spirit out of our heart the one that lives on the inside of us guys is this making sense you've been taught these things but the reality of it is we still need to get it more that's why i have to preach it all the time would you hurry up and get it so i can stop I'll be preaching this until I step over to the other side. Because he should be our reality. He should be our reality. He should be our reality. He is our reality. And if he is your reality, then that means you're operating with him. You're not fleshing out all the time. Mm -hmm. No, you're living out of him. And you're seeing his purpose. How do we begin to see the fullness of who he is? Is by meditation of the word and getting in the word. But secondly, praying. Your prayer life. Acts chapter 2 has happened. We're filled with the spirit. He lives on the inside of us. And that language you've got is not just a language that makes you feel kind of good, good and giddy at times. That language you have is for you to pray in the spirit and pray out the plans of God, his purpose, 
Remember last night I said I was praying with the healing school technicians about the church as a whole, the gifts of the Spirit being in operation, that, that the church needs to begin to operate more out of who they are in Him. Oh, Shandai, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Then after we got done, I'm walking out the hallway of the, of the building, uh, of the auditorium, and the Spirit of God said, you know that church you were praying for? That's your church. I go, I rebuke that. But see, what, hap- what caused me to get over to see something was my prayer life. I stepped over. I was praying just about something, about the church as a whole, and then God arrested me. In other words, I got sucked right into my prayer time. And as, I, as, that, as that happened, now things begin to unfold. The other day I was in the car because we've moved from Oklahoma to Texas. We live about four and a half hours away from um, Tulsa, Rama, and everything. And um, I was in my car and I was driving and I was like, God, we are really walking out what you've told us in prayer. We're in Texas. He told us, we'll never forget it, at, um, it was April of last year. And it was April 10th, 2019. God spoke, and to me, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I got up to go to the restroom, and then I got ready to get back under my covers and go back to snoozing. The Spirit of God said, no, get paper and pen and go to the living room. Have I told you this? I said, oh, man, I want to sleep. But I knew I had to. So I grabbed paper and pen and went to the living room. The moment I sat down in my comfy chair, the Spirit of God began to speak, and he began to tell me, He said, um, change is not hard for the believer whose eyes are on me. Change is not hard for the believers whose eyes are on me. When we have our eyes on him, he'll reveal his plan. When we pray. We've been praying about the plan for some time. And now it's April last year. And the Spirit of God said... Change is not hard for the believers whose eyes are on me. And then he began to speak to me. Rockwall is the place that I've called you to be. A mandate, a voice. Then he began to speak to us about the plan. And then he went on to tell me many different things. And then he said, your house will sell in two days for top dollar. Then he told us a few other things. He said, the next house you'll live in will be uh, bigger, nicer than what you're in. Guys, the house sold in two days. It freaked the realtor out. We got top dollar. Top dollar. Because, see, we had prayed so much about the plan of God that it opened such a great door for him to speak. Yeah, and we didn't leave room for doubt. Because if he said it, we spoke it. Oh, and I told you, go ahead. Yeah, she was, our realtor, he's saying, was in total shock. She was a believer, faith-believing, word-of-faith woman, but she was like two days. And, And we told her, stay in neutral. God's got this. It's done. And when we said top dollar and told her what our top dollar was, well, we'll put it down for that. And we got above it top dollar. So you pray out the plan of God, then he was, it opens a door for him to so speak to you distinctively the details of things. Then you know we're walking this thing out. 
Yeah, the appraiser said he did. Yeah, the appraiser even said that he couldn't do it at that price. And then it came back that he did it at that price. That's right. She was. The realtor was more shocked than we. We weren't shocked because we knew it was God. We rejoiced. We were like, we were on the road to, we were in New York City or on our way to Pennsylvania to do a meeting. And all of a sudden, boom, our phones started blowing up. You already have had this. How many showings? Our house was showed like, you would have thought it was a multi-million dollar mansion or something. It wasn't. It was a little house. But God. But God. But God. But God, it happens when the born-again believer will stand in their position in faith and speak the word in faith and pray in the spirit and go after his plan, his plan will unfold before you. You know, I love it in Habakkuk. I'm, 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 I can't believe how long-winded I am. It's your fault. Because I'm not normally like this. I am usually done within 40 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour. It's your fault that we're going long because you're pulling. Hallelujahs. <laughs> what was I saying? Habakkuk chapter 2, you know, it says to write the vision down. Remember that verse? Yeah. Write the vision down, make it plain. Talks about there's an appointed time that it will come to pass. It shall come to pass. You tarry, you wait for it. A lot of times as prayers, we'll pray and we'll see things that are going to happen in the future. And as we're seeing it, we see it out there, but it hasn't manifested yet. And it could cause you to get in doubt and unbelief. But if you see it in the realm of the spirit and stay after it, it shall come to pass. Don't let go. We didn't let go of the plan or the vision. We didn't let go of what God was saying concerning Rockwall which is an interesting fact about Rockwall, which we didn't even think about it or know it when God said it to us. Brother Hagen's first visitation when he saw Jesus was in Rockwall, in a tent meeting. Isn't that funny? Garland. I mean, Miss Lynette said that. She, you guys are going back to our stomping ground. I said, I know. They were raised there. Her daddy's church was there. It's like... And you're calling us there? You know, there are many places we could have went. We could have come to a beautiful place called Montana. <laughs> are you with me? But God said, rock wall. See, God will show you something, and you have to stay after it. you got to speak it out of your heart, and don't let yourself waver. You might say, but I've been wavering, so now it's not going to come to pass. Are you kidding me? Smack yourself and go, it is coming to pass. Because the realm of the spirit is real. What he reveals to you shall come to pass. You tarry for it. You wait for it. It will happen. Multiplication. 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 Is it for this church to remain the size it is? <laughs> no. There's multiplication. There's more that's going to enter in, and it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. You tarry. You wait for it. It will come to pass. I'm not speaking that out of my head. That's coming out of my spirit by the Holy Ghost within me. There's multiplication. Multiplication. 
The book of Acts, it talked about how the church, boom, 3,000 were added to the church. You go to the, to the book of Thessalonians, 3,000, 5,000 added to the church. Boom, boom, boom. People, people. When the reality, let me say this. Paul said to those that he was over, he said, imitate me as I imitate God. They took it, what he said, and they went out and did the works of God, did the works of Jesus, and the church grew just like that. It wasn't because Paul went out. And did it all over. He taught. Well, the pastor's supposed to do everything. No, you are. Okay, don't you still love me? You're supposed to be doing it in the workplace. You're supposed to be doing it. And you're not supposed to be doing it in a way that makes you get fired. First of all, your life, your life should be a booming light to everyone around you. They should know you are different. And you ain't flaky, we're different. You're different because greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. I walk around knowing who I am. I walk in faith and confidence. Are you with me? Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. You know, we're coming back tonight. We can have more fun tonight, right? You guys are pulling. Pulling, pull, pull, pull. That's good. Pastor said they were praying from a place that, that what did you say? You're going to. Yeah, everything that is in me would come out. Well, I appreciate that. Because I, I feel like I am, I'm just saying so much, so much, so much, so much information and just talking and sharing from my heart. But you know what? As ministers, we've got to live out of who we are. Because this is me. <laughs> this is just me. But it's Christ in me. It's the way we roll. One of the, one of the ministers that I love to listen to is Bill Winston. Bill Winston talks about a supernatural church all the time. I tell you what, he is... He, hmm, hmm. But, you know, I, I, I want to tell you something. Get on YouTube sometime. Put in Brother Hagen or Kenneth E. Hagen, Supernatural. Click on one of those. I was listening to it again this morning. I listened to it so many times, some of it I can quote. Talking about the supernatural church and what it's supposed to be. See, people are trying to seek after new ideas and thoughts and ways of doing things. And there are going to be some new things that are going to take place. I do believe that. Um, but the simplicity of the word remains the same. I want to hear the word. I want to hear the B-I-B-L-E. And I want to see the demonstration of it. I want to sense him in my life. I want to operate with him. I want to see my life be different. Are you with me? The house we live in now. It's just what God said. It's bigger. It's nicer. It's double the size. Let God. Let God. Let God. Well, why do you do that? Because, see, we're already having launch meetings in our home. And this house is big enough to have everybody that's coming to be in it comfortably. It wasn't just so that we could go, oh, look at this house, God. Look what you did. Are you kidding I don't even care about stuff like that anymore. Again, I don't know if it's because I'm over 50 or what. <laughs> I just want God to do what he wants to do. And I want to live from a place of such consecration that I'll do what you want me to do. If you tell me to go to Africa and live in a grass hut, oh, dear God, just please let me have an air conditioner somewhere, but I'll do it. <laughs> Are you with me? It's whatever God wants us to do. 
I have to be obedient to it. But what is the will of God for my life? Get on your face. You pray in the spirit. Maybe it's going to be tonight that we'll have some prayer time. Hmm. Hmm. Can I just say one last thing? I hear him on the inside of me. And he's saying, there are rivers to flow in. There are rivers to flow in. There are rivers to flow in that I've given unto my church. Rivers for them to see things differently. To see how things really are. And to not live out of these things that are in the earth. But to live from a place of faith. And from a place of victory and joy. Where they'll come unto me and I'll reveal my heart to them. And I'll show them what is in store. But it's up to you to come unto me. And as you do, you'll see these rivers flowing out of you that will bring such freedom and victory. Your own life will look different in moments and hours, uh, uh, days beyond. If you'll dare to come unto me and pray in my spirit, pray, 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 and you'll find I'm right there. And I'll lead you on. Hmm. Rivers. Don't get stuck. When I first became the prayer coordinator at Rama, I was sitting at my desk, and I had a lot of things I was praying about. And I was praying about this one specific thing, and every time I'd pray, I felt like I was hitting up against a brick wall. Brick wall. Brick wall. And I would get discouraged. Am I ever going to get over this wall? God, why can't I get this prayed through? Why can't I pray? Why can't I get... Uh, uh, uh. Then one time, the Spirit of God said to me in my office, he said, he goes, why don't you act like you're on the other side of the wall? I go, huh? What do you mean? He goes, what would you do if you were on the other side of the wall? I'd be laughing. I'd be rejoicing. My prayer language would be different because I'd be joyful. Because right now I'm like, because I can't get over. But see, that was my mentality. He said to me, he said, why don't you act like you're on the other side of the wall? And so I thought, well, how would I act? Well, my tongue would change. I, my, my print language would change. So I was praying, hombre, sikidili, vranga, de, de, de. And so I changed it. See, I begin to act. What, I mean, isn't that more fun? I begin to act like I was on the other side of victory because we are on the other side of victory. And so I begin to act like I was over on the other side. Oh, and then before you knew it, I was on the other side. I wasn't have to do it by faith. I was already there, already knew I got victory in the prayer thing that I was praying about, got the answers that I needed, and I, and I stopped praying, and I was like, oh, that was so easy. I jumped up out of my seat, ran to the, down the hallway to Jim's office, my, the guy that I served. And I think he's coming here in September, um, uh, Pastor Sean said. And, and I ran to his office, knocked in the door. He said, yeah, come in, Leanne. I went in. I sat down. He goes, you're not going to believe what I did just now. He goes, what would you do? I said, Jim, you know how you'll pray sometimes and you feel like you're going up against a brick wall? He goes, yeah. I said, you know what God told me? He said to act like I was on the other side. He goes, what? I said, yeah, you told me to act like I was on the other side. So I changed my tongue and I began to act like I was on the other side and I was rejoicing and praying in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, boom, I was in it. I, I was there. I got prayed through. I got the answer. He goes, are you kidding? I go, no, man. Whew, wow. He goes, 
Let's pray. I'm telling you guys, we make the things of the Spirit so hard. You're hitting up against a brick wall in prayer. You know, I, I don't know how to pray. Quit talking like that. Quit acting like that. Act like who you are in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And you have an unction, 1 John 2, 20, from the Holy One. You know all things, John 14, 17. You know the Holy Ghost. When are we finally going to line up? Let's just say, I'm lining up. I'm lining up. And I'm going to pray from a place of faith. And when I pray in the Spirit, I'm not going to pray, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, are we ever going to finish? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, reggae. Oh, da, 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 You know, I don't let people that are with me pray like that. You know, you make people pray right. How do you make them pray right? I tell them, pray in faith. Are you praying unto God? Doesn't the Bible say, I am going to stop, I promise you. <laughs> but doesn't the Bible say in 1 Corinthians that when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're speaking unto God? So then why are you acting like you're all blah, 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 blah. If you had an appointment with the president, wouldn't you put your best clothes on? Wouldn't you turn your cell phone off? Wouldn't you go in there and say, yes, sir? Wouldn't you talk to him like he was somebody? He is the president. Are you with me? much more should you be speaking unto our father god when he said in his word when you speak in an unknown tongue you're speaking unto god not unto man well i don't understand it's only i don't understand but i don't understand i'm not going to pray that way you know sometimes i just want to karate chop people you ever wanted to karate chop people because if the word says it that's how it is well you got to work with them and their souls and how they think yeah and i also just want to karate chop them if you told people, I want you to go pray for a month, I want you to go pray for two hours a day or an hour a day for a week in the spirit, you would come back and I have to counsel, counsel some of them. Because it makes them get in their place. Are you with me? Guys, praying in the Holy Ghost, we need to be doing it in faith. I found out that day, the brick wall thing. I need to be praying in faith all the time. That when I'm praying in an unknown tongue, I'm not going to go, oh, brother, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to pray like I'm talking to somebody because I am. I might not be able to see him with my natural eyes, but my spirit knows it's real. Don't make me sing an old song. For I can feel him in my soul. He's real. You guys know that one? <laughs> Who are you guys? Don't make me sing to you. Oh, well, he's real, real. Jesus is real to me. Oh, yes, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. And that is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. Oh, well, let me tell you, he's real. Like that? He's real. <laughs> Our God is real, and we need to be speaking to him like he is a real individual because he is a spirit. He made you like him. You are born again. You believe in Jesus, so let's believe the rest of the Bible and operate. I have an anointing. I've got an unction. I know all things. Let's pray. Let's talk, God. And then what happens is as you're praying in tongues, he will shoot revelation to you. And as you're praying in tongues, a word in English will come out. 
And then another word in English comes out. Then another word in English. And you're like, whoa. And if you're praying with the prayer group, you stop and go, did you hear what I said? I think this is what we're praying about. We've only just begun. Tonight we're going to talk about some real things that I always don't always like to share. Because there's some experiences in prayer that will hook you, though, and make you want to go deeper. Father, can we pray tonight? We'll find out. Stay tuned. We'll find out. All right. God bless you guys. Look at somebody and say, I know the Holy Ghost. Pastor Sean or, oh. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 